Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. So we're recording this uh, uh, Friday early evening, and I just found out a couple hours ago that Jerry Lee Lewis had passed away. Are are we sure he's dead? Because like two days ago, TMZ reported him as dead, and then they found out, nope, not dead yet. Right, Mm. correct. They They jumped the shark on that one. He did uh, die, jump the uh, gun. They jumped the gun. Jumping the shark would be if like they like weren't hip anymore. If they changed kind of what how they did their stuff and it made them less popular. Or if they were over the hill and they were no longer relevant. Or if they literally got on a pair of water skis and while wearing their leather jacket yeah. and jumped a shark. Oh, I didn't I didn't know that. Okay. Wow. Okay. I learned something new every day, even at my age. Um but uh yes, he did pass away at age eighty seven. What do you think about having a fly by the seat of our pants episode today? <laughs> Is that a, a, like a horsefly or do you know the origin of that phrase? I don't know the origin of that phrase, but I just like it when people say let's fly by the seat of our pants. It means let's just like it's kind of the same as being a lazy river because it's yeah. just like let's not plan anything out. We'll just go wherever we go. I do like that. Um, Greg, were you serious that you don't know the origin of jump the shark? You don't know that to be a happy days thing, dad? No, I don't. How do I know that? How do I know that? I don't know that. Like happy days invented that phrase. That was a Fonzie thing or what? No, it was it was people who got mad at happy days because there was an episode where the where for some reason, I don't know the whole premise, but the Fonz ended up jumping a shark. He literally was out on water skis in his leather jacket. Hey, dad. And yeah. everybody says that that's the episode where happy days jump the shark. It stopped okay. being happy days, and, pretty much. And like it ah. turned into something else. So now when a show has kind of, you know, hit that point where people aren't really sure about it, it they say this show has jumped the shark. So that's a bad thing. Yes. Jumping the gun is when you like do something too soon, which is what you take off before the uh, on your race before the starting pistol is fired. Okay. You use jump the shark in place of. Jump yeah, the I gun. did. And and I'm disappointed because I consider myself an, an, a real devotee of colloquialisms. So in layman's terms, jump the shark means what? Oh, my God. We're going to have to explain this again. I just said jumping the shark means you've kind of changed who you are. You've changed. And for the worse, it's always for the worse. Over the hill. You're done. Like, like you're not what you once were. You you made okay. a choice that changed the tone and whatever is for your life, for a show, for your writing, whatever it is. Let okay. me use it in a sentence. We're not sure yet if Greg Cody has jumped the shark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so if the if beginning next week, the Greg Cody Show podcast became entirely about opera, you know, theater and opera, that would be us jumping the shark? As long as what? people didn't like it, yes. What okay. does opera have to do with it, though? This is so weird. Can we move on? All right. <laughs> Who can, I'm, I famously don't know movies. I don't really care about movies, but this is a big thing. Rolling Stone just came out with its all-time 101 not 100, 101 best horror movies of all time. 
And I'm mm. curious, is that a genre that interests you guys or that you where you have like a favorite horror movie? Because it doesn't me, but I am going to give you the top 10 list. Not, not me at all. I, I've, I've never been. I don't know. I just don't like gore. Yeah. I'm not a fan of, of that. And including yeah. Frank Gore and, and uh, you know, the football player and Al Gore, the politician or no. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I just it never, never appealed to me. I like okay. suspense, but not like the horror gore stuff. This is cool that all three of us could care less about this genre as we try <laughs> to celebrate Halloween 2022. Right. We are. It's a. I was working in the lab late right. one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. So what you're about to hear the next three or four minutes, probably two minutes based on how into this segment we all are, we are all about to fake it. Yes, that's right. Although I will say this. You know what fascinated me about this uh, top 101 list? Nothing. You just found you know, a list and you clicked no, on it. No. <laughs> there were a lot of movies from my era in the list, like from the 50s and 60s. Right, because they don't make good ones anymore. Okay, here were some of the movies that are, that are old movies that I actually watched. Uh, the Birds. I got one for you. The Silence of the Lambs that I just watched. That's got to be on there. Okay, that, that did not make the top 10, but it, it wow. was... Pretty high on the list. That's also more recent than the ones I'm mentioning. The Birds was number 61. Uh, Godzilla. The Birds. That's not a horror movie. Yes, it was. It's a ridiculous movie. I've seen Birds. Okay. All right. Carrie, of course, with the blood. Uh, Alfred, okay. I feel like Alfred Hitchcock movies, most of them are like mockumentaries. Like they're like spoofs okay. on scary movies. Like that bird movie was. No, they ridiculous. set the Chris, they set the standard for suspense in its time. No, Thank I get you. it. I'm not disrespect. Yes. I'm not saying he wasn't a good filmmaker. I just. Phantom uh, of the Opera is another one. Um, birds in particular, oh. the way that they're like, oh, my God, it's like they're running. Like, I remember okay, watching first, birds as a kid. The, the first film class I ever took in college happened to be a study of Hitchcock. So I'm a particular fan of his. And the birds absolutely was, was a this 1842. Movie. It was, as a matter of fact. Good. Good call. You literally had interviews with a vampire. I am That's so, right. <laughs> so perplexed. You took a film course. Yes. And you have your history with movies. Yes, correct. Because Hitchcock, here's a bulletin for you. Hitchcock died like 50 years ago. It's not like I was around when Hitchcock was. Psycho actually was, was probably the last movie that um, that I saw of Hitchcock's. Uh, Remember when Universal Studios dad had an Alfred Hitchcock thing and we would always go like do that? Yes. Like I just like that's gone obviously now. I think that's yeah. like Shrek now. It is right. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Hitchcock is nowhere in modern culture anymore. Anyway, I want to read this top 10 list of all-time greatest scary horror movies because, quite frankly, half of them I've never heard of. Uh, number 10, a, two th a recent 2018 film called Hereditary. Never heard of it. This is going to be like, this is just a, a Mount Gregmore times two. That's right. Okay. <laughs> number nine from 1974, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Number eight. That 19, one's good, actually. I like that one. 1978, Dawn of the Dead. Number seven. This is very recent. The Jordan Peele movie Get Out, which hmm. obviously didn't see, but apparently pretty good. I saw it. It's good. <laughs> okay. Number six from 2007, Inside. Never heard of it. Uh, number five, 1978, the classic Halloween. Dad, this list didn't interest you. Like, well, you just I'm, found was, a Halloween list and you're like, you know what? It's Halloween. I'll do this. I was hoping it would interest one of you. Or that it might interest the listeners, but I, you know, <laughs> we do have some listeners who it will interest. I, I know a few of them, and they love horror films. Lester okay. Holt, ding, ding, ding. Number four, nineteen seventy-three. Don't look now. Never heard of it. Nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> the Ring. Never heard of it. You never heard of The Ring? No, God no. Nineteen sixty. This one I've heard of. 
Psycho. There you Hitchcock. go. It's another Hitchcock film. <laughs> yeah. Right in your wheelhouse. 1960. Right in Greg Cody's wheelhouse. Damn right. The shower scene. <laughs> the shower scene. Oh, my God. The shower scene. And the upstairs scene with, is it is it his mother in the rocking chair? Oh, my God. What a film. <laughs> Number uh, 1973. Greg Cody did see this in the theater. Little film called The Exorcist. God, this Thank is you. like... <laughs> this has to be of all the Halloween segments being done on podcasts. Thank this week, you. Like this has to be. There can't be one less in. Like we're just like saying a list of movies. It's scary how disinterested everyone is. It, like, it, this is becoming a trend on this show. On. Let's just move on. I was working in the lab late one night. What was number one, Greg? Just give me number one. I just said that, Yeti. Exorcist. Oh yeah, yeah. great. I wasn't listening. <laughs> yeah, I know you weren't. You're both fired, by the way. I'm going to start doing this podcast all by myself. I'm listening, and I'm wishing that I wasn't. That's where I'm at. (laughs) Okay. See, this is becoming a theme of this podcast. Uh, Dad, we're going to start. Dad, Dad, we're we're done letting you just coast. All right? We're not trying. We don't want you to jump the shark. So we are going to call you out when you just are reading an internet list. I'm look. I'm a list fan. I love lists. That should have been something that you're like. I love Franz Liszt, the German composer, or or was he Austrian? I think he might. Greg, have that was a good yet. joke. Thank you. Thank you always good. save it. You always save it. See, you save okay. it with something like that. <laughs> All right, but but um, uh, am I frozen here? You are froze. You froze yourself. You you just gave up mid sentence. Okay, I did. I think you're just okay. your brain is frozen. <laughs> I know it is. Um, you were, you were on. You were a guest on a podcast this week. What? Which one was that? I forget. You, no, uh, it was interesting. You yeah. Made an appearance with my friends on the uh, Marvel Cinematic University podcast or the MC I, University podcast. I did. And uh, they how have did a that podcast co- called Marvel Cinematic Universe? Like, like you can just University yes. MC just, University is what like it is. Yeah. Like that. Like Marvel's cool with them having that podcast. No one said anything yet. Wow, <laughs> I thought the same thing. It's like there's a Marvel. They, they, they literally make over a billion dollars on almost every movie now. I don't think they care. <laughs> Could I have a podcast just called Nike? This is this is the MC <laughs> University, so it's teaching people about the okay. MCU. If anything, they should be happy and sign them to some deal or something. I don't. I'm down to make a podcast called Nike. <laughs> okay, Yeti, how do you know these people, and why did they invite me on their podcast? Uh, they I love were how my dad. I love how my dad asked that after he did the interview. Right, I actually right, right. enjoyed it, quite frankly. <laughs> no, I did. I enjoyed it mainly because I love talking to people who adore me. Dad, what? I heard you had a Bob Hope comic. I did. Yeah, I still do. <laughs> yeah, that 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 one had everybody had me laughing pretty good. Um, no, these guys they they become friends with Howard Bryant. Um, he enjoyed their show and he um makes appearances about once a month or so. And he got them a little feature on a couple of episodes of the Mystery Crate um recently. So I, I heard of their show through the Mystery Crate and I started just talking with the guys because I liked what they were about. Oh, look and at that. Uh, look at us. Look at look at the mystery crate. Yeah. Spreading the word. Finding folks, spreading the word. So, and uh, it's hosted by Anthony Canton and Jake Christie. And um, Anthony wanted to meet Greg. Anthony really loves the getting em- embracing getting old, even though he's only in his mid thirties. And he he says there's no greater role model for embracing getting old than Greg Cody. So. Slightly offended, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's very young to be embracing getting old. By the way, he really is. So yeah, they had you on to talk about your old comic collection too. 
And and that was a joy for me because uh, first of all, I I encourage all of you to go to the podcast of theirs and and listen. But um, I hadn't looked at those comic books in decades, like probably since the nineties at well, least when moss, I them in, th- moss flew out of it. Well, <laughs> it, luckily I had them encased and entombed. That's Greg Cody's go to. Like if it's something's old, moss flew out of it. Oh yeah. I was going to say, how much black mold did you inhale when you dusted those things off? Oh, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Uh, I passed out for the sixth time. No, um, uh, it was very interesting to me to to recall what my comic book habits were in like from the mid '60s to probably the very early '70s because it was it was not just war comics like Sergeant Rock was big with me and of course Superman and Batman and all that, but also the weird ones Zorro, Bob Hope. Are we getting you know, MC? Are that, we getting MC universe? MC universe leftovers right now? We are. No, no. These are all things that cover. This is just a quick recap. Now, oh, no, what I want to do, what I do want to say, we're getting reruns. We're getting reruns. Getting yes. Okay. What I do want to say is they found some things that are pretty good value. Like your baseball card collection, you have no idea what you're sitting on with your comics. Correct. You've got some that could, that could, you know, fetch you a little bit of coin if you wanted to. Yeah, there was one. Uh, they told me if it was in mint condition, it would be worth more than two thousand dollars. Yeah, that was an old Batman comic. That was yeah. Cool. It, it was like the two hundredth issue of something, like some big anniversary issue or something, or, or that kind of thing. But let, let's yeah, cut to exactly. the real thing. Anthony, like I said, he calls you his washed king because you are the king of the washed agenda, the embracing getting old. Right. He wrote you a poem. Yeah, that was that was uh, other than tearing up listening to Pebble Drive. It was probably the most honored I'd been recently uh, for someone just being way too effusive in their uh, in their praise. Well, should should we play it real quick? You know what? Let's do because it's about me. (laughs) This is to Greg Cody. Yes. To Greg Cody, our truly washed king, we salute you, or that kind of thing. From the moments that hit the nail on the head exactly to the hard network outs, stories, and zagaki. For there's more to you than the laughs barrage. It has stood the test of time like your garage. And there is so much more to say, like how we appreciate back in my day, telling us how things used to be. Old storytelling, it fits the bill to a T. A Greg Cody Tuesday is never filler. No one does better than the show killer. What would be great is a fantasy update. We are the Lobos is the chant that's never late. More so than anything, Greg, you are the champ. And this show is grateful to be in your camp. Now, how will I end this? I'm not sure where to go. But just like the Greg Cody show, the answer is you never know. That was beautiful. That was great. Great work by Anthony. Great poem. Loved it, but I have to take umbrage with something, Greg. Uh-oh, what? It was beautiful. I, I can tell you that I think that is the first time poetry has been directed at me. The, the first time I have been the subject of poetry. Hmm, Greg. Hmm. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> first time, huh? First okay. Thanks, Greg. Yeti, I consider poet, spoken poetry and song two different things. Maybe mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm not saying I'm right, but I just do. You know, Robert Frost did not put his words to music, and so it was different. That was poetry, that kind of and this is that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Anthony, um, I really appreciate that, if you're listening. Thank you very much, and uh, that kind of thing. Did those guys buy ad time on this show? I mean, Jesus. <laughs> Look, when somebody uh, has me on their podcast, when someone and I praises like them, me, when someone loves them, some Greg Cody, that's right. I love them in that's return. Exactly. 
I do. <laughs> I love people you who don't, love but me. Usually, like, yeah, maybe my dad's growing. But like usually, my dad would be like, "Let's limit how much we talk about this other podcast." Oh, big time, big time! I was no, I was watching too to see Willie actually retweet their show link. Did he? He did. did he, he did. Wow! And he did well. Yeah. He did. He did no, good did. job. Thank Greg. you. You're growing a little bit. I, I am. I, or I have thought, you jumped the shark? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I took. I had. I, I will admit this. Um, I had never heard of uh, the phrase "washed" used in a positive sense. <laughs> and I know a couple of years ago, LeBron James referred to himself as hashtag Washed King. And that's when I think the, the phrase sort of took off. But when he first started reading that poem and, and referred to me as whatever he did, wash something. The washed um, king. His washed yeah, king. I, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know how to take that. And obviously he meant it as a compliment. But, you know, if, if someone refers to somebody as washed, to me, that means their career is pretty much. I've done this on the show over. before. It's like, I don't understand why washed is a negative thing. Like when I'm washed, I feel delightful. I'm like, if I'm real sweaty and then I get out of the shower, I'm like, oh, I'm washed. Oh, That's I feel true. Great. I could do anything. And yet we're calling old athletes who don't have it anymore, old writers who don't have it anymore, washed. Right. Why are we? <laughs> you think they would be dirty. You think like, you think it would be like, he's filthy. You're filthy. That's, you know, taken literally, you're 100% right. But if somebody said to me, benched Matt Ryan, man, he is washed. He's filthy. See, filthy's yeah, good. Filthy. If he's filthy, mm-hmm. that cooked. means like nasty. Cooked is good. Too. That that more connotes. Yeah, washed is a good thing. Let's all get washed, cooked. folks. It should be cooked. You're so yeah. right. He's cooked. Yeah, uh, he is cooked. Okay. You know, we haven't even announced our guest today. Oh my gosh! It's it's we are so thrilled to have Mina Kimes on from ESPN. She's terrific. She's been on with us. Uh, I'd say a couple previous times but not for a long time and she's good she's one of the great nfl analysts on the air on anybody's air and there's much more substance in that interview than there has been in the first 20 minutes of this episode (laughs) isn't that the truth hi mina she's not here yet oh i thought that was a (laughs) thought that was a segue When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Mina. Hi, guys. What's up, Mina? Thank you for joining us. Your producer in the upside down. Oh, no, I see a little paneling. It looked like you were in like oh, total no. blackness there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes he wears a black shirt and he just looks like a floating head. Yeah. <laughs> Mina, we're going to get right into it because we have a, we don't want to keep you too long. We have a lot to talk to you about. Everybody knows Mina Kimes from ESPN because she's the best football analyst on anyone's air wow. in the entire world. What do you think about that? I will accept the compliment. No pressure. <laughs> That's right. I, doesn't Billy Gill routinely beat me in the Guardians annual? Yeah, he's number six. Where were you on that list? He's usually number six. Oh. I think, yeah, I think you're mm. higher. <laughs> oh, I did beat him, yeah. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> That's funny. 
Um, Mina, it's uh, it, it's been a bad spell for uh, old quarterbacks. Uh, Matt Ryan gets benched, and uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady together seem to be going through a, a real struggle right now. Who's whose fandom should be more concerned about their aging quarterback, Green Bay's or Tampa's? I was gonna say Dan Lebitard because of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I don't know how he's holding up these days. Yeah, that's um, very common. I, I, you know, I will say probably the Packers, though, in all honesty, um, just watching both of those offenses and their struggles. Uh, they're very different, and I would say the reasons for their struggles are different. But with the Bucks, um, you know, Brady doesn't seem to trust his protection, and sometimes for good reason. I do feel like I've talked about this. He's speeding his throws uh, a bit, but he still does try to push the ball downfield, and he's still good for – you know, a few pretty spectacular throws a game. And he also does have very good skill players. So, you know, for me, that offense, it's kind of a matter of play calling, a little bit of comfort with the protection. And I think they can turn things around where I'm a little bit more skeptical about Green Bay turning things around. What's your favorite storyline in the NFL this season? Like, cause you, do, you know what you do NFL Live, you get a lot of stories, a lot of things you have to talk about. What are the things that are like actually like you're excited to talk about? I'll go full Homer here. Geno Smith is an incredible yes. story. Um, <laughs> he really is. I just, Somebody's got to write this story because, you know, in some ways, it's 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 a it's like a Cinderella story, but in some ways it's a it's a little bit um, sad because watching yes. him, you can't help but feel like this dude should have been given a significant chance years ago, and now he's over thirty. Um, and it's great that he's been given that opportunity. He had to win it, and he's ran with it, and is playing the best football of his career right now. He is playing like one of the ten, I would even higher best quarterbacks in the NFL. But you know, thinking about all the years he languished on the bench, it's not like he's dramatically. You know, I mean, I, I do think he's been he's playing better than he ever has. But um, it kind of makes you wonder what might have been. Who are the three backups that are the most thinking? I could be Geno Smith right now. <laughs> okay, that's a great question. Um, I'll go Tyler Huntley. In Baltimore, I feel like he is one where he's shown flashes of potential. And I guess he's the one who I think maybe could be Juno Smith at yeah. some point. Um, so you got to go young. I mean, there's some. So, okay. So not young, actually, because you probably want to go older. To, right. Hmm. I'm trying to think. I honestly just thought of this, like when you were talking about him, like I wish I had like some quarterbacks to throw out there. Mm. How about Bailey Zappi? I <laughs> think <laughs> Bailey Zappi's. Getting getting the chance, although it sounds like Mac Jones is going to start uh, this week. Bailey Zappi's like the anti-Geno Smith, like, you know, in that um, he was a, a later round draft pick and was given like an incredible opportunity and set up to succeed, I would say. Um, and yeah, we'll see how that goes, man. It's pretty disastrous right now in New England. Mina, you uh, you probably know Russell Wilson's game better than anybody. Um, being a Seahawks fan, covering him, um, what is his problem right now? It, it, particularly, his uh, completion percentage fifty eight point six is appreciably lower than any time with Seattle. Yeah, I, it would have been funny <laughs> if you just said, "What is his problem right now?" <laughs> Uh, I I actually feel bad for Russ for some of the hate he's getting off the field, you know, separate from football criticism. It feels like it's it's gotten a little intense. It is weird. I feel bad for the guy. It feels like a lot of folks waited like years to unload and are now just like unloading on, you know, he's got, yeah, he's like, he's cringy. He's always been cringy though. So, but you're now we're talking about it because he's bad. I don't know. He also seems really nice too. I've never heard that he's anything but a nice guy. So I'll just throw that out there. Um, You know, cringy for sure. Right. Of course. Uh, I'm like, damn it, only I'm allowed to make fun of him. Um, okay, the football <laughs> side, though. Uh, so it's interesting, guys, because you actually saw some of this his last two years in Seattle where he he did struggle. And uh, so, you know, he was injured. He hurt his thumb his last season. 
with the Seahawks. But even before then, um, you saw a few things, which was yeah, when defenses started playing more of those two high shell looks against him with the safeties um, lingering back, he was unable to test the ball or throw the ball downfield, which is a huge part of his game and seemed sort of unwilling to take what was given to him underneath, um, unwilling to throw over the middle of the field, which is something he's never been particularly fond of, and notably lacked the mobility to create and overcome those deficiencies. And I think that is a huge part of the reason why the Seahawks were willing to move on, is as they saw his mobility apparently declining, the scrambles going down, uh, they felt like his game wouldn't, I'm speculating here, but his game wouldn't age well because so much of it is predicated on mobility, being able to make plays outside of the pocket, to dodge sacks. So that part isn't surprising to me that that's kind of continued uh, in Denver. What is surprising, though, is you see him, I would say, missing routinely throws he used to make um, all the time, even the last two years, especially, I would say, shorter throws to the outside. And that makes me think, you know, maybe there's a combination of pushing and, you know, maybe he's just pressing and feels a need to show that he can still be explosive. But I also wonder if perhaps uh, the injury is a shoulder injury that might be affecting him too. Samina, I was thinking about the season and I can't necessarily tell which teams are great outside of like the Bills and the Chiefs for pretty good reason. But like looking at the scores, I don't necessarily know what teams are great. And so I I was, I was thinking, I was like, is this a low scoring season? And I found an article in the Washington post from Andrew Greenberg that said that this is the lowest scoring season per team average since 2009. What's going into that? Yeah. uh, It's a great question. I think there's a few things. A lot of it has to do with, uh, frankly, defense reacting and adjusting to some of the offensive evolution of the last five to 10 years. Um, you know, I, I actually, an offense, I was just talking about the Vikings offense, which uh, runs, it's the big of a offense, basically, with 11 personnel, um, the, the boot action, the outside zone run game, but it's just not that efficient this year. And part of it has to do with defenses kind of, what I was alluding to earlier, basically sitting back, playing a lot of zone, trying to limit what they can do over the top, um, not being fooled by bootlegs the way they were before. And it's kind of a thing you're seeing around the league where defenses are sort of willing to concede a shorter passing game. They're willing to concede the run, which is why rushing is actually up, you know, and uh, very successful running teams like Philadelphia or even Atlanta are having success this season because defenses have trended lighter and they have decided to allocate more resources spatially in, in terms of the players they have to stopping the pass. Um, now, as far as what that means for scoring, you know, I, I think it's just a product of like, okay, okay, if offenses aren't able to move down the field as quickly with those explosive plays, you're going to have fewer opportunities to score. And I think that's what we're seeing is the limiting of the explosive passing game and how that's sort of leaning towards defenses um, winning I, more and more. Mina, I, I want to veer from football for a second because in, in my household, we're going through a, a crisis of canine proportion. And um, I have the world's largest puppy. Jumpin' Charlie is seven months old and uh, he's huge. We just sent him away to a, a month-long boot camp <laughs> to uh, whip him into shape because we have such behavioral problems with this dog. And I'm just curious. Lenny, and they're not the best trainers. It needs to be said here. There's a pie chart here, Dad, and you and Mom okay. don't lead the league in discipline, so they're just that like, correct. let me just pay someone $3,000 to do this for me. <laughs> to do... <laughs> 
to do my job for me because I'm a terrible dog parent. Uh, Mina, you're not a terrible dog parent. Uh, Lenny, uh, as much as I know, shows no behavioral problems. He's a beautiful dog. Have you ever had a problem with Lenny of the a scale that, that you got frustrated and almost considered sending him away to camp like me? <laughs> um, I never considered sending Lenny away to camp, but when we adopted him, he was about three and he was a really big time barker. Like you couldn't walk him without him stopping to bark at any human or dog in you know, mm -hmm. nearby vicinity. So I did actually hire a dog trainer for some private lessons to basically teach me how to teach him yeah, nice. to stop barking. <laughs> they tried that. It failed. Oh, we probably did about barking, six of them. Barking is the least of our problems. I'm saying you me. did bring in a trainer. What does he do? He's just a jumper. Like he, like when you show up to the house and he's big, like he, like my wife and daughter are like terrified of him because he just like he's unbearable. They he's would a have to like get, pound puppy. They would have to like get him on the leash for us to walk in the house. It was it got to yeah. Have you tried yeah. any zapping devices or? Anything like that, a collar? Um, we, we've tried doping them up with um, uh, uh, magic pills. <laughs> what do they have? The, the, Dad, it's four dogs. It's like CBD. For, you said that no, in such is. a terrible way. Oh, that it, stuff. I've never had success. So I, we actually had had a device that it worked very well. And, you know, I, it's very low key called the Bark Be Gone. Okay. And it's, I think it's, I believe it's just like um, a high pitched noise that only dogs can hear. But whenever, ah. whenever I'd pointed at Lenny, he would go, he would just immediately stop what he was doing. Ooh. And and it now is the point where if I just pick it up, he'll stop what he's doing because he's I like will... so trained. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper than what my dad Greg did. has his <laughs> own little zapper or low pitch sound that he would use to discipline or, or center Charlie. And here's what he would do Greg, go for it. Yeah, he has this noise. He, he, he was like, wow, my owner loves me. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? That's an encouraging it, noise. It's supposed to be like an ominous sound. Hey. That you're saying, I think you're saying, hey, like, hey, hey. But it okay. turned for some reason, it went turned into bay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah, you anyway. sound like. Yeah, baritone. we're officially wasting Mina's time. Is Tyrod Taylor thinking he could be a starter right now? You know, he's no. had some opportunities. Yeah. That granted, most of them have been bad, and he was stabbed <laughs> by a, a team doctor. Yeah, that's so, uh, <laughs> very unfortunate. There's not that many Geno Smiths, is what I'm looking. I'm learning. I'm looking at these depth charts. There's not as many Geno Smiths as we thought. Not not seeing many any <laughs> backups who like it has to be a backup who didn't really get a fair shot. Right. Um. You know, and Geno's unusual. Like for they're um. Him and Tyrod are unusual in that um, until recently, you really haven't seen many black journeyman quarterbacks, veterans. It's usually the standard, you know, white dude, pocket passer. Yeah. And some of that has to do with, you know, I think um, or, um, 10, if you're like saying a guy's been around the league, you're talking about 10 or whatever years back, black quarterbacks just kind of not giving the, given, being given the same opportunities. But also, I think, haven't been given the same opportunities to even stick around for that long to be right. considered a potential, um, you know, backup the way or starter the way Gino is. Now I'm going to steal it away from from football again, real quick, because you're, you're probably wearing a wearing a Mariner shirt, are you? You're, I, he's a, I am. Yeah, okay. Oh, I see it. Yeah, there you go. I just love this team so much, and this year was so great and so much fun to follow. And at the risk of this becoming the Yeti Amina Mariners Hour, um, <laughs> can you give a quick summary of the way this season made you feel and 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 what you see for the future? Do you care about the Mariners as much? Like, were you into this, Mina? Did you get into yeah, this? Yeah, no, I definitely was. It was a pretty magical season. And I would say it's mm -hmm. such a likable team. Um, I think it was kind of cool watching America sort of discover how likable, you know, whether it was like Julio Rodriguez and the Home Run Derby or 
Cal Raleigh, the big dumper, America learning that a guy's nickname was the big dumper, you know, sending us to the play. I mean, it was just a very cool season. And it was also like kind of, I wouldn't say it's house money because, you know, I thought the Mariners had a shot going into this year, but I didn't think they were going to win a playoff series. So um, I was pretty happy with how things ended. I think they're the scrappiest team in baseball. It led the league in one run wins the last two seasons in a row. And and just like that chaos ball that they play, it's incredible. And I think it's really cool setting up for next season with Julio, and we got the All Star game going there. Yeah, definitely. They feel like a team that's going to be good for a while. Uh, Mina, which of the two uh, New York football teams uh, are the most convincing to you? Like, like who's the real deal of the Jets and Giants, or the New Jersey teams? They are the New Jersey teams? Classic, yeah. classic joke. <laughs> well, and then yeah, well, it's you actually a good distinction because there's three. Like right. Buffalo's in New York, so yeah, you know. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we, we don't doubt Buffalo the way that many of us still doubt the Giants and Jets. Yeah, so I actually have a little bit more confidence in the Giants. I think the Jets have a better defense. I've loved their defensive front in particular. Sauce Gardner has been everything you would have hoped for. The whole secondary has played really well, but I think the Giants, um, what they're doing is a little bit more sustainable, just because I think the offense uh, is very well schemed. I think, you know, everyone's been praising Brian Dable to no end, but I do believe um, the way he's optimized Daniel Jones is something that can continue to work over the course of the season. Whereas with the Jets, Zach Wilson hasn't played very well. I mean, this is a team that's led by its defense and, you know, was led by its run game, just lost two of its most most important offensive players in Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker. So um, I'd have to go with the Giants. Who are your three favorite who are, not, not your favorite, the three best units, because you mentioned the defensive line. Yeah. Three best units in the NFL. Um, I really, well, I mean, the best units in the NFL just were best position groups. Right, like these corners, these receivers. Okay, so the Eagles offensive line is the best yeah. line in football, and they're yeah. so dominant, and it like seemingly doesn't matter if a guy gets hurt, just another yeah. guy comes in. It's just yep. like, oh my God, this is insane. So I'll start there. Um, I think- <laughs> Dolphins receiving court. <laughs> <laughs> The Dolphins receiving right. core is definitely right. up there, I would say. There. Yeah, no, I think that's that's. No, I mean, fair. it's really just two, though. Like, if we're doing best yeah, units. Yeah, and, right? Like, yeah. the Bengals have a better one, two, three punch, yeah. I would probably say. Yeah. Um, the Bills are certainly in the mix. Yeah. But the still, the two are yeah. pretty fantastic. Pretty I guess you could count Gesicki. He's basically a receiver. Yeah, even though they don't, they don't use him. Yeah, well, <laughs> I hope, because just I said this to Dominique on my pod, I just don't want to see him to score any more touchdowns because I don't want to see him ever celebrate again. <laughs> you think <laughs> a coach, like when you have a guy like Gesicki, does a coach like McDaniel need to make find a way to use him? Or is it like just trade him away, let him be good for someone else and get a lot of picks? Like, what do you think? Like, what do you, It's a what great would you question, do? yeah. I think it really comes down to like, okay, well, if we feel like our offense is efficient without using a tight end right now and it's not a huge need for us it does make sense to trade him because he's a player i think where you could really get a decent return for sure but um you know that's i think i don't know if mcdaniel's closed the book on his ability to game plan for him just yet it's still pretty it's been it's been a weird season and it's still pretty early i'll go with um by the way the dallas defensive line for the last one yeah the, the edge rushers all, yeah. all of them you know you mentioned uh philadelphia and only in miami uh, do fans give a shit, pardon my language, about whether a team finally loses a game after being unbeaten? So Dolphin fans 
um, harking oh, to the yeah. 72 perfect season. Can they go undefeated? They're already thinking, is Philadelphia finally the team that's going to tie our unbeaten record? It's too early mm. for this question, Dad. Doesn't everyone mm. assume they're going to give a game up, right? I mean, well, it's the NFL. Look, okay, there's the four games. They play the oh, Giants schedule twice. Looking. Dad, she's looking at the schedule. They play, play the Giants twice. They play Green Bay, which is not the Green Bay of, of typical strength. And they play at Dallas, which obviously is the one where at they might Dallas actually be. At Dallas is the in. one. Yeah, that. But yeah, yeah man, this it's... A lot of a lot of W's on this schedule. Okay. I know, right? But I would but, say at, at the, Dallas uh, is the one I'd be eyeballing for sure. Yeah, that's the, the game Maybe. of the century, if not the millennium. One uh, of the giants. Or is that the same thing? Go haywire. <laughs> All right, we want to get Mina out of here, um, but I want to do some rapid fire NFL Live teammate edition. Most likely <laughs> to eat a snack during a commercial break. I've seen him do it a lot. I hate to be on brand, you know, or pick the obvious choice, but yeah, Marcus Spears. Oh, Marcus Spears. Okay. Yeah, 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 most likely to be late to set. Brian Clark. He's always, <laughs> at the last second, shows up. So we're always like, oh, is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? He always makes it, though. <laughs> most likely to pay for a group dinner. Marcus. Oh, okay. Wow. Least likely? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Do you guys ever, like, play, like, uh, the thing no. with the, throw the credit the cards card in? card roulette? Like, yeah. No, do anyone outside of professionally athletes do that? No, but hey, you know, the NFL IA team. I mean, come on. I mean... <laughs> But, uh, most likely to sing during a commercial break. Dan, he actually does this awful. <laughs> What's he to go to? What's the go to? Like, he, he will sing like Adele. <laughs> like shit, he has no business singing. Adele? Like he, he belts it. And I'm like, I'm trying to concentrate. And they'll be like, rolling in the deep. It's horrible. <laughs> rolling in the deep. Who's the funniest in the group text? Me. Yeah, okay. I'm, I, I'm always doing troll stuff in the group text. Mina, um, as we let you go, I, I want to ask. Um, My dad has a pen. Dad, you get one more question. Because you'll do this thing where you keep saying as we let you go for like extra like seven I know, questions i know it's true i don't want to let mina go because she's so good but you you do so much uh you podcast you you're a writer uh you, you've even dabbled in in um rams preseason analysis on the air what uh what facet of your job gives you the most joy like what do you do, what do you see yourself doing in in five or ten years um well i really love my balance of work right now kind of a politician it's a very russell wilson answer i guess but <laughs> i just i don't know everything i do kind of uses a different part of my brain um mm -hmm. i like on my podcast i can be a little less unbuttoned up uh, unbuttoned yes but, yeah, yeah. Uh, i got it i can be a little less buttoned up so a little more right. unbuttoned um i added an extra day with dominique foxworth and it really is just like so good our conversations yeah it's just thank you it's just two friends just shooting the shit. Um, whereas like with TV, I feel like I have to kind of synthesize my ideas and communicate clearly, which is something I enjoy. Um, you know, I do miss writing, but um, I just haven't really had time for it lately. So um, yeah, maybe at some point down the road, but I don't know, man, I, I really like what I'm doing. I like the mix of work and yeah. And I like, I just still love football. So. Well, Mina, um, we, we love your work and uh, thank you again for uh, making a little time for us. Really appreciate it. Thanks guys. Go Fins. On the way out, who's the NFL team you have the most figured out? The Bills, because they're awesome. Yeah, that's damn it. Damn it. I should have gone with least figured out. Answer that too. Now I'm like Greg Cody. Yeah, uh, the Vikings yeah. are a confusing team. That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Thank I you, Mina, so much. Good answer. Oh, you want to see Lenny? Yes. Yes. He's not. He's not a perfectly behaved pup. I see him at when you drop when you pick him up for daycare or whatever you do with him. Oh, like he, his yeah. jump, he's got some height to him when he needs. When yeah, he wants there he it. is. 
Yes. Lenny. Hey, oh, Lenny. Wow, this is a get. I mean, oh, that's great. We thought Mina bae. was a get. This is a bay. He's doing bay. But this is a get right here. It is. Awesome. <laughs> I love there dogs. There's so They're much so character in Lenny's face. I love, I, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He's a real, he has the it factor. You know? <laughs> yeah. You want to trade dogs? I'm just curious because I, I can give you a, a 55 pound. Much younger one. Puppy. You're going a lot younger. That would be an epic trade. Mina would never, could never make that trade. All right. Legendary see you, Mina. like Geno Smith, you know, yeah. he's adopted, peaking yeah. in his prime. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> see ya. See ya. Working in the lab late one night, when, uh, when I, I beheld an eerie sight. Wow, this is exciting! It's trick or treat. I tell you, the Lobo's not. It's, it's it's Halloween. Oh yeah, well you know, trick or treat, Halloween. The Lobo's know how to do this holiday. Uh, every year, we invite the Lobo's to go trick or treating with us. Uh, we had a small turnout this year. I know, that's why I'm here, because it was such a sad... I, it was just you and one other... Who is this guy here with it, us? Tre- this? Trevor's here with us, Trevor Lawrence. Oh. Uh, a good dude. I mean, a good dude. You know, he's a he's my third-string quarterback. He's trying... But here's the thing. He just played in London. Like, how did he get here in time for Halloween? So, so wait, you invited all the Lobos over for Halloween? Like, yes. And, and only Trevor Lawrence showed up. We wanted all the Lobos to trick-or-treat with us, and only Trevor Lawrence showed up. Is that going to earn him some brownie points? Oh, you know it, Is and you old, know it. Maybe he's the only one without kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, he showed up. Trevor, we love you. Seriously? You trick-or-treat him, all right? <laughs> You're, yeah, you are right. we got to get a haircut, though. Come on. I mean, what are you, in 1975? What, what year are you? I mean, but but seriously, you're a good young quarterback. We love having you as our third teamer. And uh, where's everybody at? I mean, that's a good question. You know, L. Jacks. You know, he he's my starter. He's you know he's blowing up largely because of his affiliation with Greg Lobos. Uh, L. Jacks. Hey, hey, Frankie, how you doing? How's it going? Hey, hey. Good to see you. Oh, another trick or treater there. <laughs> yeah, Frankie. <laughs> Is it embarrassing when you uh, run into your neighbors and you're trick-or-treating with NFL players? Yeah, it really is. You know, I'm surprised Frankie didn't notice Trevor Lawrence. I don't think Frankie is a uh, big big football fan. You know, he probably isn't. You know, Trevor's going up to his first house, his first door. A trick-or-treat! <laughs> this is great. Trick-or-treat! I'm so proud of Trevor for showing up. Going trick-or-treating with me. I wonder what he's getting. Ooh, whoa, whoa. Is that an Almond Joy? Full-size Snickers. Whoa, full-size. Wow. This is great. We're having fun here. It's Halloween Lobo style. <laughs> We're doing it. Hell low, yeah. low, low your boat. <laughs> low, low, low your boat. Trevor, let me know if you get a Mr. Good Bar. I want it. <laughs> Give me that good bar. Yeah, that kind of thing. So we've been forced to stand outside for this uh, ending of this podcast because uh, our family is loud and my brother is in there. Uh, it's a Sunday night right? and uh, we're outside right now, so it might be a little windy. 
but I just uh, we we couldn't get quiet in that house, so we needed to come outside. The way we do this yeah. podcast is during football season, at least <clears throat> the way this works is we record bulk of a bulk of the podcast on Friday evenings, and then we and then we do a football recap on Sunday nights. Right. And on Friday, you started the podcast in passing mentioning that jerry lee lewis had died and then we went on to live our lives we did the rest of the podcast um and then that night you uh you know greg cody decided to try to cancel himself um you ended up tweeting about jerry lee lewis then doubling down and defending your tweet then you deleted it do you want to make a statement to the people on the whole jerry lee lewis drama okay first of all i never delete tweets i don't believe in that i did it this time because well, the so I reaction, guess you do believe in it a little bit. Well, the reaction was so bizarre. I mean, I get, I get, look, I screwed up. Okay, I drunk tweeted on a Friday night. <laughs> Dweet, dreeted. I, I'm going to be honest. I drunk tweeted. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to get into, you know, I love Jerry Lee Lewis's music. You know, I know he wasn't a perfect man. I tweeted something I shouldn't have that didn't give enough credence to the idea that you know, even though I believe could, you acknowledged it, and then you hit him with one of the great stills in Twitter history. You know, you did this stuff. Still, your music was great. Yeah, the need—I I don't understand the need to like want to praise him and defend him. Right, is really like like it can be both things. You liked his music, not a good guy. Right. Like I think those things need to be equally said, and I think the you were skewed more towards his music. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you know, we've had this larger conversation. We had it with it's, Woody Allen. It's all right? over the place. Michael Jackson. Like Michael there, Jackson, there are Woody so Allen, many good artists. Right. That you know, you know, Rob Lowe. Like we have a lot of artists. Okay, right. And how do you separate the artist from right. the art? And That's in why this I think, case, I think basically I screwed up with what I tweeted, and I apologized, and I apologized as directly and as sincerely as I possibly could. And but you know what I've found? We just got to cut old white men some slack. You know this world's changed right. a lot on you. Come on, I'm half yeah. kidding. Okay. I mean, it, <laughs> but here's the thing: uh, what I learned after what I tweeted is that you know the the cancel war. The a lot of people. It is kind of annoying that there's a lot of people in your mentions that probably don't even give a shit about Jerry Lee Lewis, but they just like to find something that they can get mad at. Like, right. so that part, I'm with you. Looking at the replies, it did seem a bit extreme. Uh, some people, most people, I think, you know, know that your intentions are good. Right. You, you're not pro-pedophilia. Right. You know, you were just trying to say there was a time when this guy's music was important to yes. you. And, you and, know, and, and but it's still one of the great... I know you deleted it so people can't see, yeah. but there are screenshots out there of okay. it. Like, it's right. one of the great stills... In Twitter history. Okay. Let's move. Should we move on and talk Dolphins? I I, I just think people are trying to outrage themselves. Right. You know, I mean, I said something that struck a bad note with people, and I was like, oh, I want to be more outraged than the next person. You know what? I live by what I said. Uh, I apologize for it. If you can't live with that, if you want to cancel me. That kind of thing? That kind of thing. I mean, you know, go for it. All right. Well, uh. The Dolphins and Lions played one of the most exciting games in football history. It really was. I, I think people are a little too, like, I, I almost want to say pump the brakes. I think Tua has reached the point where we can back off on, everyone knows he's a, a bona fide starter in this league. Right. Whether he's top 10, top 15, top 20, we can debate. But he's a, a good quarterback when he's healthy and, and got his, his guys with him. So the conversation extends, 
people are praising him after this Lions game. And to me, the, the highlight is as much how bad the Lions defense is as right. it is praise of the Dolphins. But this McDaniels offense with Tua seems like it, it haven't lost yet with Tua healthy. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think my, the lead to my column, which you can read at MiamiHerald.com, was Tua, period. Let's start there. Because I think when Tua does what he does, I don't care if it's against a bad opponent. He let a comeback win on the road. He not only outscored the Detroit Lions, he outscored his own sloppy defense in the first half. He outscored all his team's penalties. and he still The penalties? Good God, were there oh penalties in that game. It was terrible. And, and that's another thing I wrote was that there's a lot to correct there. You know, the special teams have been terrible for Miami. The penalties are a big, big issue. And if they want to be – right now they're a borderline playoff team. If they want to be a team that gets to the playoffs and actually maybe wins a game and, and you know, has people excited, there's a lot – to correct I think if two is healthy the rest of the year, they're not a borderline playoff team. I think okay. with the soft schedule they have coming up, if two is healthy, I think this is a like a you know a playoff team that clinches in week fifteen or something. Like yeah. I think this is uh, with two healthy uh, an above average AFC team. Um, I don't think they're going to catch the Bills, so it's going to have to be a wild card. But yeah, I mean, I feel really good. And the defense is weird. It plays like shit on the road. Plays good at home. Yes, right. It's been weird, but you know, I just think, like you said, we've seen a lot of good things, and there's room for improvement on a, on a lot of, in a lot of areas. Right, for sure. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. There aren't many defenses that can cover both of them. Maybe one, yeah. not both. And so I'm so over the, uh, the the Twitter finger people who are like, Tua's got to throw the ball earlier to Tyreek. It's like, thanks. Yeah. Like, you don't think he's trying to, like, right. I love how, like, people think, like, hey, he should try throwing the ball sooner to Tyreek. It's like, right. hey, thanks, guy on Twitter. Right. Like, I'm sure he hasn't thought of that. They're going to work that out. Keep in mind, Tyreek's been here half a season you know they're gonna work that out he's almost impossible to not you can't overthrow him right you can't no you could as soon as the ball is snapped you could throw it as far as you possibly can and he would get under it and catch yeah. it i mean it's crazy but but that's a beauty and tyree kill and jalen waddle and waddle did the waddle dance twice during the game they're the two best receivers since duper and clayton in wow, the 80s he said he yeah said. i mean it, it's there's no are they better they might be better they might be better. Yeah. They might be. That kind of thing. That kind of thing. All right, let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Jack. That kind of thing, Jack. Jack. Hey, let's go. That kind of thing. Did you carve pumpkins this year? I did. I carved all three. Oh, my gosh. They're wonderful pumpkins. I'm going to put on a... You uh, always say they're wonderful. They're just pumpkins. Nah, they're great. I do three pumpkins. I do my classic Home Alone face. I do the classic funny lovable pumpkin face and i do the scary face the scary pumpkin face oh baby i got all three going this year happy halloween Uh, happy halloween to all of you Woo!